0: Hello everyone, Kamustaka. ka? Welcome to today's episode, one in which I continue my exploration of Jose Rizal's very important novel, Nole Me Tangere. And we're getting into spoilers now. Yes, the novel was originally published in 1887, so I agree we are probably way past the normal acceptable window of spoilerability And maybe you think classic novels shouldn't be in that spoilable category at all. Because isn't the point of novels like that for them to be absorbed into the popular consciousness? Well, it's a good thing that I don't actually have to debate that. This is a podcast. You can pause it to go read the book if you don't want spoilers. And if you do, or you don't care, or it's not relevant, you can just continue listening. Power is in your hands, it's whatever works for you. The new media age gives you plenty of options. And if you're still around, or if you're still debating it, let me explain what I'm going to be talking about this episode. Of all the characters in Nole Me Tangeré, one in particular stuck with me. Partially because of circumstances and the way this character is presented. But the initial impact fell away, and still, there was plenty more to hold on to. And all of this is relevant to both my relationship with this novel, and what this novel has come to represent. And, by the way, if you enjoy this episode or this approach to media, you could always check out one of my other podcasts, Miscellany Media Reviews. This is just how my brain operates, and I made an outlet for it. The character in question is Maria Clara de los Santos. You can also just think of her as Maria Clara. She is the fiancé of the novel's protagonist. But if you've listened to my other Rizal episodes, you'll know that many people believe that Maria Clara was modeled after Leonor Rivera. Now, while Rizal might have been known as a bit of a playboy, Rivera was his tragic love, of sorts. She's pretty significant to his life, anyway. They met at a family gathering, potentially experiencing a love-at-first-sight moment. But despite his relative youth, Rizal was already being seen as a... contrarian, in many regards. He was pushing social boundaries, with the Spanish of all people, which made Rivera's parents very nervous Understandably so, you could say. When you consider how his story ends, obviously her parents would have reason for their interference. It doesn't make it justifiable, it just makes it understandable. When Rizal was in Europe, Rivera's parents arranged for her to marry a more proper man, a nobleman, a man of class and traditional values. Regardless of whether or not the marriage was actually happy, she died in childbirth a short time later. Tragic, but also tragically common at the time. And quite obviously, Rizal was said to have been heartbroken to have everything fall apart like that. To have his love taken from him in so many different ways, and in the only way that actually mattered, you could say. It could be said that Maria Clara was his attempt at memorializing her in a way that ties their legacies together. Almost like the marriage could have had that ever happened. A lot of people say that. Even I said that when I first made that episode, but now I'm not entirely sure. Yes, that might have been Rizal's intention, but this novel has taken on such a status that it's harder to see what Rizal meant in the face of his own creation. That isn't to say that none of that exaggeration has been justified. I think it was inevitable when you consider the powder keg that was the circumstances. This novel was always destined to be larger than life. Larger than the life of the author. It's incredibly easy to see why people think that or how we got here. And if you were me, where to take it from there? In the novel, Rizal positioned Maria Clara to be the ideal Filipino woman, which was interesting to me as a concept as a Filipino woman raised abroad and trying to navigate her way home and understand this aspect of her identity. It's not that I expected a blueprint of how I needed to be an act or what was acceptable for me, but that I thought this was a sort of starting point for me, which wasn't entirely wrong. And given the context of this rather iconic novel, it was a completely reasonable thing to think. It seemed like a particularly important starting point in this process. And I wasn't wrong. But the road that came after isn't one I anticipated at all. Maria Clara takes on this important position in the novel not just as the protagonist's love interest, but as a model for the feminine side of the Filipino spirit. Remember, this book is about the corruption of the Filipino government, and the way those sins harmed and stifled the Filipino spirit. Part of this process was exalting the positive qualities of Filipinos, which he does in a variety of ways, but for now, it's important to note this particular aspect. In many ways, Maria Clara as a literary device takes on the responsibility of depicting the virtues of a Filipina and her relationship with the man she gives her life to. It's no small task. Now, there's another part of this, namely the supposed inspiration. It's hard to say which came first, the chicken or the egg. Just like it's hard to say whether Rizal thought Maria Clara was the model of the ideal Filipino woman because she was based off of Rivera, or if the foundation of Rivera is what made Maria Clara the ideal Filipino woman. It may seem like splitting hairs to say that, because what does it matter? Everything about Rizal's legacy has gone awry. And it's more about the legend than anything else. And to that, I say... You're not wrong, but it is an interesting thought. You see, Maria Clara could become an even more important character. The trials and tribulations she suffers in the novel have far-reaching ramifications for the people reading this book, who are drawing their own parallels between everything in the text and their own lives. In that sense, Maria Clara's narrative arc actually mimics the arc Rizal seems to be proposing, or the one that actually resulted. And I do wonder how much of that was intentional, or if there is just a universality to the tale he ended up telling. Now, Maria Clara's beauty is apparent. In chapter 6, she's described as having these beautiful, large, dark eyes with long lashes, fine skin, a well-shaped nose, and two dimples on her cheeks. And as for her personality, she's always been joyful, playful, kind, considerate, and deeply devoted to her partner. To the point that his trials and their impending separation leaves her incredibly ill at one point. She's beautiful and good-hearted, but her story is far from as forgiving as she is she was raised as the daughter of captain tiago de los santos and doña pia alba who are both native filipinos doña pia died in childbirth and one of the captain's cousins took on the maternal role in maria clara's life she was then educated in a convent so in many ways her character and femininity as Rizal might have said given the time period were cultivated within Catholicism, but also somewhat out of the corrupted clerical government Rizal was so critical of. That statement probably needs to be fleshed out better, but it's hard to explain exactly why I got that perception. But the convent, as all are, exists in a somewhat sheltered environment. And while it isn't fully self-governed, it is left to its own devices in day-to-day matters. I also think it's telling that Rizal described her backup plan as returning to the convent. And given so many of his other beliefs, and his repeatedly mentioned desire for reform and not revolution, it isn't hard to think that Rizal saw cloistered religious life as still retaining some sanctity, some holiness, or as not being the same farce the priests in Nole Metangere clearly are. It's also likely worth saying that given all the variables of that time period, Rizal likely would still have been rooted into his Catholic faith, with no conceptualization of what an alternative might be. This idea kind of falls apart when you realize that he was in Europe in a post-Reformation age, but in terms of doctrine, Rizal clearly seems able to separate church authority and church creed. He condemns priests and friars who abuse the power secular authorities gave to them, or made possible for them to seize. I'd be interested to know if this distinction is more clear in some of his other works, which is foreshadowing other episodes of this podcast, but that's to be discussed then and not now. Also, here's where we have to get into spoilers, so last chance. Ready? ready okay to be blunt later in the novel maria clara finds out that padre damaso priest and the former curate of the town of san diego and enemy of the protagonist her betrothed father forced himself onto doña pia and actually fathered maria clara this and a few other events give damaso paternal authority over maria clara allowing him to stand in the way of her marrying her beloved who, let me remind you, is the son of a man Damaso hated. And it also doesn't help that this young man won't bow down to Damaso's authority either. Now here's where things get a bit less tragic and a bit more interesting. If she can't have her beloved like her surprised father is saying, Maria Clara wants to go to a convent instead of marrying another man, no matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter if her beloved is distant or dead. She knows what she wants to do, which is not marrying anyone else. And this reveals her character arc, or what little she is given. Look, it's worth saying that this wasn't a time in history that was famous for women having a great deal of personal autonomy. Basically, Maria Clara starts off with an idyllic life, which is taken from her when she finds out that she was born from an act of violence then has to process that information, and all the ramifications therein, and finally make her choice according to her own values. And every time she stands resolute, it's painted in a favorable light. Rizal clearly exalts her love and devotion, that it doesn't matter what her beloved is accused of or goes through, she prioritizes the love they had, and any promises, implicit or otherwise, that were made between them. And from a personal perspective, I do think devotion is a key trait to the entire Filipino culture and mindset. I've always been struck by just how bonded my extended family is to each other. We face challenges together, no matter what they are, and no matter what happens, we always come together at the end of the day or when something happens. And yes, devotion is a virtue, but it's an interesting one. It is the ability to remain steadfast, to be predictable, reliable, to keep promises and vows. And those are all good things. Those are all to be exalted. But it's also the sort of virtue that, if poorly directed, could result in your own destruction. Because there is a time to let go. And you have to be ready to follow through on that part just to pull out my classic death of the author card that lets me make arguments about the meaning of a work with no regard to what the author might have intended because what i'm about to say really isn't just that well founded in the text or in anything i read about this book in fact i was even hesitant to put it in the script but i really couldn't move on from this point so i'm gonna pull out this card and i'm gonna do it In many ways, Maria Clara's journey is a mirror of what the Filipino people must go through or must do according to Rizal. And this is where I might lose you. Yes, the Philippines had a history before the Spanish, but colonialism dramatically changed the lives of the Filipino people to the point that it was almost like a new start. Not a great one. It was a start that was born from violence, even if a charade could be maintained, for a while, intention of that aside. Ultimately, though, the violent force can end up seizing or maintaining control. And while it can try to dictate the future, the people can choose to reject it and keep their loyalty to the things they profess to love, like each other, their culture, or their more authentic relationship with God. It might not have been Rizal's intention, but one of the takeaways from Maria Clara's story might have been what could be done next, or what needed to be done moving forward, and not just what a good Filipino woman is. But admittedly, that's just my two cents. I want to go more into the actual text next time, and then I think that will be it for Rizal for a little bit. We can always go back to him later, but I think I want to mix it up some more. Because I want to do some legends and folktales, and maybe even a profile on another famous Filipino. We'll see exactly what I do, but I have a lot of ideas.